to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. Yeah, what's going on, Fantasy World? We are back with another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. It's me, William Spencer. You know who it is. You know you should know who it is by now. <laughs> but we're back with another episode. Uh, we're going to continue to go through our divisional breakdowns for the NFC South. We're so excited that the NFC, not the NFC, man, come on. It's football week. Week one, the Houston Texans versus the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm so excited. Like, I can't wait for kickoff. Like, I'm actually going to watch the whole uh, pregame. <laughs> or I'm going to try to. Because, man, everybody's been itching for football. Hopefully, I get this drawn done before uh, kickoff. But even if I don't, uh, and listen to it later. All right. But if it comes out before the game, give me a listen. If it don't, I completely understand, man. Because everybody wants to be glued in front of that TV when kickoff starts, man. Football is back. We are heading into week one. It's going to get real crazy. It's already getting crazy. Uh so many so much before i started recording man injuries was popping off i'm gonna mention a few of them during uh the podcast uh, in our news segment but uh if you can uh stop over at the com. i have uh the injury report for week one up and ready to go uh it's constantly being updated and that's i think that's what i'm going to do for the rest of the season um instead of just coming out with uh, multiple reports or multiple articles with players being injured. I'm going to have one article set up for each week of fantasy football, and I'll constantly update it with new information, you know, whether it's a player that's gotten injured, whether he's going to get uh, MRI or what the MRI results are, um, and things like that. So that way it's not constantly flooding, but it's just a, a concise source of information or a portal of information that you can just go to and say like, all right, well, who's on the web, who's on the uh, report now? He's he said he updated it. You know who where did who did he put up there? That's new. What's going on? So everybody can find this on the fantasy's finest in the report uh, injury report section uh, and check that out. So I'll mention it again because you know some people don't remember when you say things. It's just it's just what happens. <laughs> but. Uh, as we get uh, closer into the podcast, you know, we're going to handle our news. We're going to get into the NFC South breakdown. And don't forget, we have a special guest joining the podcast for Friday. That episode is going to be fire. I'm so glad we had uh, our special guest come on for us. So make sure that you check out the episode on Friday, special episode, special release. You know, we normally do Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we have a special guest coming to the Fantasy's Finest podcast on Friday. So don't forget, make sure you check it out because I was surprised this person came on, you know, gave us the time of day. I know he's, they are a busy person. So, you know, very appreciative. But don't forget Friday, new episode, special episode as we head into week one. Um, and really get this season, this fantasy season jumping. So before we get into our the rest of our episode, you know what to do. Follow us across your social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fantasy's Finest. You can follow the host. You can follow me on Twitter at Hype underscore Finest. You can follow Jalen at Ace 
underscore ECA4. And you can follow Mark at McNucks on Twitter. So without further ado, let's get into the news and, and let's find out what's going on around the NFL. <laughs> News and notes from around the NFL. All right. So I wanted to start with some a little bit older news, um, something that we didn't get to talk about on our last episode because it happened after um, I had finished compiling all the information for the show doc. So I didn't get to fit it in there, but uh, something uh, something a little smaller. Uh, Kareem Hunt signed a two year extension worth 13 just over 13 million uh, with the Browns. That's not a bad deal for him, but at least this shows that they're to me, it shows that they're really going to try and get him his own standalone role. I don't think it's uh, meant to, you know, try and supplant Nick Chubb or they're going to split carries, but you know, that Stefanski likes to run the ball um, and running the ball would actually help out Baker Mayfield be more efficient with his passing because you're not relying him to throw a whole bunch of times a game take some of the pressure off your your young quarterback and help him out by using the run game a little bit more and you know they, they beefed up the offensive line um through the draft this season we mentioned it during one of our uh divisional breakdowns uh, uh you can go check that out you can check that episode out we talked about baker mayfield and the uh the run game for the cleveland browns too so i think this is a good move if kareem hunt has his own standalone value uh it makes drafting him a lot easier easier in my opinion because now you're not really concerned about oh man well what's he going to do even if he only got seven uh not seven if he got like 12 carries a game and maybe five touches that's 17 that's 17 total uh touches as it is so that's still pretty good that's i would say that's about low low end rb2 numbers or maybe mid-range rb2 numbers so and i have kareem hunt on a few teams so if that works out i i would be you know very thankful especially because I think in one team, man, I my connection got lost on my phone. <laughs> my connection got lost on my phone. When I came back, I had Kareem Hunt on my on my team. So I was like, oh, yay, like kind of mixed. But because that's not, you know, you always want to pick your team. But, you know, stuff happens. Let's keep moving. Bucks head coach Bruce Arian says that newly signed running back Leonard Fournette will have a solid role for week one uh, against the New Orleans Saints. And then. He continues to double down the fact that Ronald Jones is the guy. I know you can't see me, but I'm doing the whole air quotes thing. Like, uh, come on, man. Like, you already, I feel like you fooled us once with the whole Ronald Jones is the guy, and then you go sign Leonard Fournette. And then it's like, okay, well, he's not going to have, it's, the, it's speculated that, you know, he's not going to have a role because he just got there. We I've had this conversation on Twitter with a bunch of people before, and it's like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, he's not going to he can't have a role immediately. You know, he just he just got there. You know, maybe uh, Ronald Jones will have the job for a couple of weeks before he actually has to fight for it. Now it's like, you know, the most recent reports is like, oh, well, Leonard Fournette's picking up the, the offense really well, quickly. In fact, like, really? No, it's not quickly. You know what you're doing, Arians. I know what you're doing, Arians. And it's just it just sucks because if you drafted Ronald Jones, how can you trust until you see what happens um, during week one? How can you trust starting him in your lineup? You don't know what the carry situation is going to be. 
you already have LaShawn McCoy back there taking passing down roles. So that even limits, you know, the ceiling for Ronald Jones. Now you got Leonard Fournette coming in. So if you use Ronald Jones, let's say you use Ronald Jones, you know, between the the 20s, who's scoring the touchdowns? If he's going to, if Leonard Fournette is going to have a solid role, that, that what was he's going to take all the he could possibly take all of the touchdowns and it's like oh how can you what are you going to start him for 15 carries and you know 60 yards is that what you want nah i until something more def- definite happens i can't I'm, I'm not if i have ronald jones on my team i can't start him I can't put him in there in that situation. It's just it's just too risky. Now heading over to Jacksonville, uh, James Robinson was listed as the number one running back for the team, and it looks like it's going to stick because uh, most recent reports about uh, running backs, there's been a lot of injuries today. Uh, Devin Devin Ozigbo has been put on IR uh, for a hamstring injury, so he's done. Um, so James Robinson is that guy down there. So if you have a chance to go check your waiver wire, go check and see if he's still available. I know, um, for some of my leagues that I'm in, um, it was already checked, you know, my leagues, my league mates, uh, we kind of end up splitting, you know, Devin and Zigbo and, uh, James Robinson. I seen those two guys being picked up. So check your waiver wire and see if he's still available. If anything, you can stash him and see what he looks like. And then you can go forward with whether you want to put him up in your lineup or not you know, depending on the matchup. J.D. McKissick also got listed as the number one running back. And then Ron Rivera was like, oh, well, you know, we just kind of put him there because, you know, it doesn't, it's going to be a committee anyway. But, you know, we're going to throw him, we just threw him up there. Like, come on, man. Are you serious? Who does that? You have your, you have your depth charts coming out and it was an unofficial depth chart. But still, you're just going to throw the guy up there, you know, hmm, it's okay. You know, we're going to throw him up there and see, you know, it's, it's it's not a big deal. You know, you guys are making a big deal. Like, come on, man. Fantasy implications here. I don't want to waste a waiver wire pick trying to go after J.D. McKissick if I got the space, if I want to. Come on, man. Help a brother out. Thanks a lot, Ron. <laughs> and finally, Brandon Cooks. Uh, he's listed as a game time decision heading into Thursday's matchup for the Chiefs and the Houston Texans. Um, He's been dealing with a quad injury during practice. He's been limited the last uh, two practices, but he wasn't practicing uh, earlier in the week. So it's to me, it's kind of risky. They're going to wait all the way up until game time. He's going to try and uh, test out that quad uh, during pregame warmups. I can't. If I have, I have cook as a sit for me, even if he does start, um, it's too risky for me to, you know, rely on him as a wide receiver two or a flex. I, I just can't do it. If you've drafted wide receiver deep enough or you've had better options, I say pivot to those and then just, you know, wait for him to fully recover, be 100 percent. And then hopefully by week two, he's ready to go. But all the way up to game time, uh, I can't I can't risk that. I got to have better moves than than just throwing in a half baked uh, Brandon Cooks. Also, Cortland Sutton went down with a shoulder injury during training during training camp. Um, I mean, and this is recent. This is just before I started recording today, Wednesday, uh, Thursday. Excuse me. It's five twenty-two p.m. 
uh, just around five o'clock, I believe the news dropped or a little earlier than that. Um, and he's expected to see it get an MRI on his shoulder and see what kind of damage is done uh, with that shoulder. Also, Deontay Johnson went down with a foot injury during practice. Uh, the extent of that is not known at this time. Um, but if you're following us on Fantasy's Finest at, on Twitter, we'll be, we'll be updating our page on there uh, with the latest news as it develops. So that'll wrap it up for our news. Now let's get into the NFC South Divisional Breakdown. Divisional Breakdown, the NFC South. All right, so, you know, you know who we got to start with as we get into these breakdowns. We start with the winning squad, man. You know who it is. Like, it wouldn't make sense to start from the bottom, would it? Nah. The New Orleans Saints coming in at 13-3. and three. They went to the playoffs last season. They fell to the Vikings again. They have, like, like the Vikings are kryptonite to the Saints like Green Bay is to Dallas in the playoffs or the Rams. Or whoever else you want to put you want to put at that point, but for the season, the Saints did pretty good. They had a ninth overall offense, seventh in the pass, sixteenth rushing. Drew Brees is still that guy, despite him getting older. Um, you know, it feels like the consensus is like you know Drew Brees isn't getting any younger. Of course, you know he is getting older, but the guy can still sling it. He's still uh, accurate. He was highly efficient last season despite missing five games, you know, after getting judo chopped in the hand by Aaron Donald. So to I'm not if you're worried about his age, you know, it's warranted. Older players get hurt. You know, there's a a bunch of other stigmas that stick with older players. But as far as, you know, Drew Brees throwing the ball, he's still one of the best in the game. He uh, finished the QB 20 on the season. But when he came back from injury between weeks 8 and 17, he was the QB4 the whole time. Threw for almost 3,000 yards and 27 touchdowns. He was cooking when he came back. So, you know, you're going to get him a little cheaper because the newer guys are the running quarterback is the hot, the hotter commodity this season. But if I'm waiting in the, uh, beyond round 10 or round 11, and I'm looking for a quarterback and Drew Brees is still there, I'm taking him. You know, that you just can't I because of what he's able to do past just strictly passing the ball, he just he's still dangerous. He still has a bunch of weapons in the offense. You know, he unless there's a dip in his production without him being injured, then I'd be concerned. You know, but Drew Brees is still that guy. Um I also mentioned what he was on pace for um, when I did my 2020 comeback player candidates for the QB position. Um, I have him in there um, as one of my nominees for this year to miles back. He, uh, I believe he was on pace for over 4,000, almost 5,000 yards and uh, 38 touchdowns. So, and that's, you know, playing the whole entire season at the pace that he was doing, missing those five games. So Drew Brees still got it, and you're getting him at a cheaper price um, in your fantasy drafts. I wouldn't pass up on him. And, you know, he's getting a healthy Alvin Kamara back, he, uh, who still managed to finish as a top-10 running back despite having an MCL injury. Um, and I I think I mentioned this before, too, uh, in that, seg in that uh, episode. I didn't even know that he was hurt 
but the fact that he was still able to play at a you know he did have a drop in his production um likely because of the mcl but the fact that he was still able to finish as a um top 10 running back in fantasy still is pretty good now he's healthy he doesn't have any injuries you know he's looking to get paid by the team they're looking to keep him you know it seems like everything is on an up and up for alvin kamara uh and he's still one of the deadliest dual threat running backs in the league you know he's got to be at least you know top five top six in fantasy um especially in ppr formats because you know what he can do um out of the backfield catching a ball um he can run he can run between the tackles but he's he looks faster than me he looks faster and more deadlier running to the outside you know we can debate we can debate that but he just looks he's just highly efficient he's a highly efficient running back for what they asked him to do and what and the amount given to him um as far as workloads because you know he's still going to split some work with uh, Latavius Murray who's the backup there uh so you know if you're worried about Alvin Kamara's you know maybe injury history handcuff him with uh, Latavius Murray and you'll be all right but top definitely top six uh among running backs in fantasy now you move on to the wide receiver position Michael Thomas finished as a wide receiver one he's legit hands like glue uh just over 1700 yards nine touchdowns but now he actually has a partner um in Emmanuel Sanders who signed with the team uh for a two-year 16 million dollar contract uh, which is good because you know Drew Brees if you look at the offense it's Michael Thomas Jared Cook and you and uh Alvin Kamara but at the wide receiver position is strictly Michael Thomas that's about the only legitimate wide receiver he's had the last couple of years they've been looking for a number another number two wide receiver they had Traquan Smith he kind of showed out a few games but he's, he's not consistent they don't really get him the ball that much but Emmanuel Sanders is a veteran wide receiver who can be more uh, I think he can be more relied on to take some of the burden off of Mike Thomas um, on a week-to-week basis I don't know how active they're going to put him in the offense I hope that it'll be something like um, you know he can see uh, maybe six six or more targets a game that would really help out Michael Thomas who could be you know he's going to he's going to get his targets I don't see you know Emmanuel Sanders eating into Michael Thomas production overall because that's Drew Brees that's the apple of Drew Brees eye that's not going anywhere so but even if he can get a, a few more targets or take a couple targets off of Michael Thomas that would be more that would help out Drew Brees overall and it gives some fantasy value to Emmanuel Sanders who's going later on in drafts Traquan Smith um, they talked about him a little bit Drew Brees was like you know maybe this is the year Traquan Smith breaks out eh, I'm not buying it because we haven't seen it before you know it's possible you know if they start spreading the ball around a little bit more um but if they do that you know where are the targets coming from you know who's gonna lose who's gonna lose out because you know alvin kamara's gotta eat you know michael thomas has gotta eat jared cook um he did pretty well you know nine touchdowns on the season second in the league among tight ends finished the tight end seven he's a safe option for drew Brees, especially when they get down in the red zone big body tight end he can go up and get the ball if he needs to he's a mismatch you know he's burning past and i won't say burning past but he's you know he's moving past uh, linebackers you've seen that often but jared cook in that saints offense 
is ideal. So if you're bringing in another wide receiver to do some work, where are those targets coming from? That's my only thing. If Traquan, you know, balls, you're likely going to pick him off waivers. You're not going to draft him. He's going undrafted. You're not. You're not putting in. You're not stashing him either. You have to be in a deep league to uh, worry about Traquan Smith popping up. So, you know, if he breaks out, you know, we'll see. And then we'll be talking about him on waivers, you know, in a waiver wire episode. But until then, you know, it's more likely going to be, you know, Kamara, Sanders, Thomas, and Cook coming out of, you know, catching the ball. Oh, and don't let me forget, Jameis Winston's there behind Drew Brees. Yeah. And he's got his LASIK done. He can see now. You know, he doesn't see the other team jerseys anymore. So the future's looking up for Jameis. If Drew Brees goes down, that's the that's the guy. Yeah. You need some of that Jameis Winston love. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons. They finished seven and nine last season. Fifth overall offense. Third in passing. Thirtieth in rushing. Devontae Freeman is out. Todd Gurley is in. They bring him in for a one-year, $6 million deal. But the backfield belongs to him. But before we, you know, jump forward and talk about Gurley, uh, let's get into Matt Ryan. Finished the QB 11. Threw for almost, you know, 4,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Solid production for me. Again, I, I know I keep saying it, but you don't have to spend – a high draft pick to get a high end quarterback when you can get production in a late, in the later rounds. Me, I I think I've said this enough. Um, I I'm one of those guys that believes in the drafting a quarterback late, not too late. You know, once you get into like the fourth, 13, 14th and 15th round, you kind of waited too long because all those other guys are gone by then. But when you wait for a quarterback like Matt Ryan, for example, they have the ability to give you top 10 production or somewhere close to that, you know, 12, 11, 10, nine, even if it's at the bottom of the, of the top, it's still there. So you compile that with the rest of your team, you know, the higher end running backs, uh, the higher end wire, wire receivers, if that's what you like to do, you know, and then you build your team up that way, it could pay off. You know, it all depends on how your draft goes, but the strategy is sound. I've tried it a few times. Um, I've had successes with it. I, I'm not a zero RB guy. I can't. I can't do that. the The running back position is shallow enough as it is compared to the other ones. Waiting is just not ideal. So if I can get a guy like Matt Ryan, I'm I'm proud of that because he's going to give you those yards. Atlanta's one of the highest volume uh, passing offenses in the league. That's all they do, especially, you know, with a rushing attack that was only 30th in the league last season. Matt Ryan's chucking the ball all the time, and he has the weapons to do it. So QB 11, combine that with the rest of your team, that's good production for me. And they look like they're going to do the same again, but now they have a running back who they can involve in the offense a little bit more um, in Ty Gurley. He didn't have a good year last year with the Rams. Um, he still finished the running back. Uh, 12, but you know, for the first half of the season, you were really disappointed in what Todd Gurley was putting out with the Rams. Now, you know, I, when I looked at the numbers and I looked at where his production was coming 
in that it was after the offensive line got worse, which is like, okay, it's kind of like a tale of two halves because in the first half they were, you know, committee bound with Henderson and Malcolm Brown, which again, wasn't a bright idea to me, but that's what they did. Um, but now Gurley's in a situation where he owns the running back uh, club. That's his, that's his thing now. Because when you look at the depth chart and you look at the rest of the running backs on that team, Edo Smith, Brian Hill has been talked about, but he's likely going to be the number two running back just in case something happens to Gurley. There's no real competition there for Todd Gurley now. And if they involve him in a passing game, he could be he could bounce back, which is why I also have him as one of my 2020 comeback players. He, he's in a role. He's in a position where he can soak up targets. He can soak up all the groundwork for the Atlanta Falcons. They need to have a running back like him to incorporate into the offense. So Matt Ryan doesn't have to constantly chuck it downfield or, you know, throw pat throw passes further than five or 10 yards when you have a, a bailout in Todd Gurley who can pe- catch out of the backfield. So, you know, Todd Gurley is a player who I've tried to target. Um, I haven't had too much success in trying to get him because I always get sniped. That's why I can't pick near certain people in my, in my home leagues because they hear this or, you know, they may be listening or we talking or conversation or whatever. And then all of a sudden Todd Gurley's gone. And I'm like, man, you know, but, you know, last season, 3.8 yards per carry, only 857 yards. He did have 12 touchdowns, so he can still get in the end zone. And I think that's where he'll he'll make his he'll make his bones in the Atlanta offense. But I think he can also be involved as a pass catcher. There's some skepticism about his knee, of course, you know, whether it hold up. Um, He didn't look as explosive, you know, last season running the ball. I don't know if that's going to carry over to this season. It's something to watch, but the opportunity for him is just too great to pass up on. So I, I would, I'm definitely taking the chance. I'm rolling the dice. I have him. Um, I definitely have him on a, a quite a few teams. Um, so it's just, I'm, I like opportunity. You know, he's going to have the most snap shares. He's going to have, targets he's going to have it all it's all up to him whether he his body can hold up through the season and take that kind of beating that running backs take if he can hold up you got a brand new brand new running back he's gonna get paid after the season or he might get more money than the six million that he got uh from atlanta you head over to the wide receiver position you kind of already know who's there big man julio jones he's the guy he's been top five uh, for the last few years, you know what you're getting in him. A highly targeted f- top five debatable, you know, wherever you want to place him in that area, he's going to get the targets. The only thing, the only knock against Julio is that they just don't get him into the end zone enough. And that's weird for a guy that talented. They don't get him in the end zone. They don't use him down there that much. He's a big guy. What? Six, four, six, five. I think he's t- you know, tall, big frame, good hands. And that's an understatement, but it's like, why not use him down there? It's, it's befuddling. Now, the guy I'm really interested in is Calvin Ridley. Top 25 finish last season, 23rd, 877 yards and seven touchdowns. He should see more work this season. Muhammad Snu is gone. 
those targets got to go somewhere. They could be split between him and Hayden Hurst. We'll get into him a little bit. But I think Calvin Ridley has an opportunity to really break out this year. He had 10 touchdowns his first year as a rookie. Um, and I think almost 1,000 yards. But he definitely, he definitely was putting up numbers in his rookie year. He's more familiar in the offense. His role is more solidified. More targets are available to him. And one of the best passing offenses in the league. If I can get shares on Calvin Ridley, I'm taking him. I want I'm it really feels like he has an opportunity to really explode this year. And I I want every piece of that. So hopefully, you know, it comes uh, comes through. He definitely has the uh the volume and opportunity to do so. And they don't really have a number 3 wide receiver option. I think there's a uh his name is Case, I think it's Gage, but you know, Matt Ryan doesn't really rely on you don't really get that much production out of you know the number three wide receiver like when Muhammad Sanu was there were you really plugging him in your lineups be honest I know I've seen it I've seen it happen I've seen some weird things happen in some of my home leagues but Muhammad Sanu's not he's never really been a viable wide receiver option especially in fantasy so I don't expect that to change and then you bring in Hayden Hurst he's going to soak up whatever targets remain Austin Hooper's not there either. I forgot to mention that. So that's a whole nother part of the uh, target pool that's going to get split up between Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst. Dirk Cutter likes to use tight ends in his offense. We saw that happen with Austin Hooper. He had a breakout season last year. Got himself paid with Cleveland. They bring in a younger guy who Matt Ryan's been raving about in camp. Hayden Hurst is going to be used in that offense. He has the opportunity to have a real nice season. If, you know, they don't tunnel vision Julio Jones. But I don't see that happening. I think they brought in Hayden Hurst because he's a younger, more athletic guy. And it's not me speaking. Matt Ryan said that as much. So you bring in a guy like Hayden Hurst, who they are going to use in that offense. And he's being drafted right around the sixth or fifth round, I believe, or a little later. Like he's somewhere around Gronkowski, between Gronkowski and Hunter Henry. So you don't have to, you know, overspend to get him, but you just have to pay attention to where you are in your draft so you don't miss him. I like Hayden Hurst this year. Um, I'm definitely trying to add him on. I have him on my teams. Um, that's just how I feel about it. And I, and just to preface this, the players that I really like, if I tell you, like, I really like this guy, I'm not just capping. So, like, I'm just saying it, and then I don't have none of them on my team. Like, I post my teams on Twitter so you can check me. So you don't you don't say, oh, well, you were talking so big about this guy and then you don't have him. No, I do. And even if I don't, I'm getting I, I, I swear I'm getting sniped. <laughs> it'd be taking my take, taking my picks. <laughs> but it happens. That's fantasy football for you. So let's keep it moving. We go down to Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, I did do the Tampa Bay thing because it's trademark now, according to uh, Tom Brady. That's what they're calling it. Tampa Tampa Bay or Tampa Brady and all this craziness. He's 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 smart, man. He's trying to make some bread off of this change. He's trying to get some extra change. But Tom Brady is in. Jameis Winston, as I mentioned before, he's with the Saints backing up uh, Brady uh, Breeze. Excuse me. So you got Tom Brady um, as the new quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, He had a rough season last year. You know, he didn't really have any weapons to throw to. 
uh, in that Patriots offense. He still uh, managed to finish the QB 12, shockingly enough, because you know, I, I really can't explain it. He threw over, he threw just over 4,000 yards. He had uh, 28 touchdowns, I believe, 26 to 28. It's, I don't know how he pulled it off, but when you look at the games, especially towards the second half of the season, he looked rough. He did. Uh, he, he, he just didn't look like the normal. It didn't feel like watching the, the normal Tom Brady, um, like we've normally seen throughout the, you know, throughout his career. And granted, he's not. He's not a young. He's not a young guy. He's what forty three, somewhere around there. He's not young anymore. But I think uh, it's easier to say, you know, he didn't have any legit weapons in that offense to really help him out. He had a young guy in the kill Harry didn't really trust you know there was multiple reports about how he felt about Nikhil Harry Julian Edelman was his highest targeted uh, wide receiver and he's a slot receiver the number two they tried to bring in guys uh, to help him out it didn't work Antonio Brown came in for a second you know he phased himself out of the game Muhammad Snu was there they used a second round pick to bring him in and that didn't work so you know but now Tom Brady finds himself in an offense that's got a load of weapons and before people say well you know Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are deep threats you know Tom Brady can't get the ball downfield eighth in deep eighth in deep ball percentage last season eighth and that's throwing in nobodies so if he's throwing in nobodies and he's still top 10 in deep ball completion percentage imagine what he could be with legit deep threats in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin now We've mentioned the running back position before. Ronald Jones was supposed to be the man, supposed to be. But now you have Leonard Fournette in there. You have LaShawn McCoy. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, who's found himself on the deep end of the depth chart. So it's now it's looking like a full-blown committee with the expectation that Leonard Fournette is going to take over. You don't bring in a running back like him and expect him not to try and take over or be the lead dog. It, it just doesn't make sense. And, you know, they talked up Ronald Jones all offseason. You know, Ronald Jones is going to be good. Ronald, he's been preparing. He's been practicing. He's been improving, blah, blah, blah. And then you do this. I don't it's, Leonard Fournette's going to be the guy. I, I just it just have that sinking feeling in the back of my in a, in a pit of my stomach. Leonard Fournette's going to be the guy after. I wasted a seventh round pick to get Ronald Jones in one of my leagues. That's just how it's going to be. It is the it feels like the writing is on the wall here. And Ronald Jones didn't do really bad last season. Six touchdowns, four point two yards per carry. You know, just over seven hundred yards rushing. He finished the RB twenty seven, and that's split in time with Peyton Barber. But then when you look at that, he couldn't overtake Peyton Barber for the starting job. Was that because? Arians didn't trust him or Ronald Jones wasn't that good. And Arians has seen enough of Ronald Jones to be like, all right, this isn't the guy I picked when I came in, you know, and I didn't, and he, he had the opportunity to do that this year. We all thought, well, I, I won't say all, but there definitely was a Keyshawn Vaughn hive. And I definitely was a part of it that, you know, because his past production past protection rather wasn't great. You know, Vaughn was going to come in and snake the job from him. But Vaughn had his own injury issues during camp. He ended up on a COVID list, 
that hampered his time in an abbreviated training camp to do or prove himself. And then Leonard Fournette happens. So Ronald Jones is is definitely sketchy. We'll, we'll see this week how he uh, performs in week one and whether or not he's he's uh, built enough to hold off Leonard Fournette for the season until he really gets the playbook under his uh, under him. But uh, all things considered, it's really looking like Leonard Fournette is going to take try and take that job, and Arians is, is going to help him do it. Now, we, we mentioned Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We know how good they are. Uh, two top 10 or, yeah, two top 10 or top 12 or however you want to, however you want to say it. Those guys are going early in drafts, uh, second round at the latest between both of them. I think uh, Mike Evans might have fallen to just about the early part of the third round, but they're going early. They're going to be heavily targeted. Um, they're both guys that, you know, they score touchdowns. They can be used. Um, well, Mike Evans is predominantly played on the outside, but Chris Godwin has the versatility to play inside and out. Um, Mike Evans is a big body wide receiver, decent hands, but, you know, maybe, just maybe, having Tom Brady improves that. You know, James Winston, you know, he, he admitted it himself. He couldn't see. He had to get LASIK. He was dealing with eye, you know, eye troubles, which is probably why he threw all those in it. I'm just joking. He 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 was bad with the interceptions. But maybe having a more accurate quarterback changes that for Mike Evans. You know, whereas it used to be Ducks throwing up and he was going up and picking the ball down. Maybe having Tom Brady there throwing more precise passes helps Mike Evans catch rate uh, go up. I don't know. But Mike Evans is one of the highest targeted uh, wide receivers in the in the red zone. Um, this dude had 18 targets inside the 20 for five touchdowns. He had five inside the uh, inside the five for three more. Eight touchdowns total on the season. Now the only issue now that's that's being brought up is whether or not it's just too many bodies in the offense. You have Chris Godwin. You have Mike Evans. Um, you have Gronk back, you have OJ Howard, you have LaShawn McCoy catching passes out of the backfield. Uh, Brady has been talking up Scotty Miller, who could be a sleeper. Because if you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin playing on the outside and you throw Scotty Miller in there because maybe Tom Brady likes him. Could you see Julian Edelman 2.0 in the Bucks? They could they do run a lot of uh three wide receiver sets. So maybe Scotty Miller is a name. I, I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, hopefully it comes true. I would like to have this one. Scotty Miller, Brady like him. You know who Brady like Brady throw the ball to, which is why we go to Gronk in the tight end position. Brady likes Gronk. You don't call a guy out of, out of uh, retirement and you don't want to use him. And I know everybody says, you know, Bruce Arians doesn't really use tight ends in his uh his offense. You saw the production OJ Howard put up last season. It wasn't inspiring. But that's the thing about having Tom Brady there. You're not gonna bring in Tom Brady and then tell him, you're not gonna tell Tom Brady that we're gonna run this offense my way and you have no input whatsoever. It's not gonna happen. Otherwise, Tom Brady's not coming there. And you know Jameis Winston was on the way out. They weren't going to re-sign him to a new deal. They weren't going to give him 
you know, more money to throw 30 plus interceptions. They were not going to do that. So when you bring in Tom Brady, you're going to bend your offense to fit Tom Brady, not the other way around. And if he doesn't trust OJ Howard, he brought in Gronkowski to be his safety blanket because he trusts Gronkowski and he knows where he's going to be on the field and they have a relationship that makes them work. We've seen it over and over again. So when people say, you know, Gronk's year off is going to be bad and it's not it's not something that, you know, he he's old. He's old. Dude is like 31. I'm telling you now, Gronkowski is going to be a problem this year. And because of the fact that he doesn't have to be the focal point in the offense anymore, because he can't. Wide receiver, we just covered wide receivers. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Shady out of the backfield if he still got something. Leonard Fournette can catch passes out of the backfield. He, he There's so many ways that the Bucks look like they can attack you that you could forget about Gronkowski. Defenses have come out earlier. Def, uh, uh, defensive coordinators came out, you know, in a report on Bleacher. Oh, we not worried about Gronk. We not worried about him no more. That's what Gronk need. He's still a mismatch mismatch problem for linebackers. He just is. Gronk is going to eat this year, and he's going to eat low key because people are going to sleep on him, and I'm not one of them. So, I don't want you to be one of them too. Just hear me, hear what I'm saying. Make your own decision. That's fine. You know, I'm just putting it out there. Now, finally, we move over to the Carolina Panthers. They finished five and eleven, but they made some major changes to the quarterback position. Cam Newton is out. He's in New England. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Hasn't really played a game since that knee injury in Minnesota. He came in in relief for Drew Brees when he went down last season. Played through weeks three through seven. He did pretty good. He was a tw- uh, QB twelve over that span for those weeks between week three and week seven. The QB twelve. And now with Matt Rule coming in and making some changes to the offense, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is not considered to be one of the best deep ball throwers. Um, That's not, it hasn't been seen as part of his game, but Matt Rule's offense is, incorporates that. So Teddy Bridgewater could be a, I'm going to put, I'll have Teddy Bridgewater as a sleeper this year. I don't expect him to light the world on fire, but I think with the weapons that he has, you know, DJ Moore, um, Robbie, Robbie Anderson, who I like. I really like Robbie Anderson. You don't bring in a guy like that. I I don't want to jump ahead. Well, I'll put it like this. Teddy Bridgewater could have a really good year on a low. He's not being drafted. He's going to be sitting on your waivers. If he pops for a couple of games and he's consistent, I will pick him up. It's nice to have a nice QB2 in case of emergency. Injuries go down. We still got COVID floating around. We don't know how that's going to play out during the season. If Teddy is healthy and Teddy is balling, I want Teddy on my team. Plain and simple. You know what you're getting in Christian McCaffrey. We're moving forward. You know what you're getting with him. 1,000-yard running back, 1,000-yard catching, catching passes out of the backfield, RB one finish, top five RB, uh, f- top five RB in fantasy, the last three years. 
He's cooking. I don't expect that to change too much, even with the change in coaching. Average 4.8 yards per carry. 141 targets. That's not changing. Christian McCaffrey makes the offense go. Plain and simple. Now you bring in some more uh, weapons with Robbie Anderson, who's a bona fide deep threat who was underused in New York. Adam Gase. But Robbie Anderson could be that. That I think that Robbie Anderson has been brought in to take over Curtis Samuel's spot. Samuels is not really a deep threat. Now, whether that's because he can't really do it, he has the speed, but he can't really do it, or he can't track the ball, or the ball was horribly thrown. You know, he had Kyle Allen throwing him the ball last season when Cam went down with the foot injury. So, I don't know. But I do know Robbie Anderson can do it. He's bigger, might be faster, and you don't bring him in. You don't bring in Robbie Anderson to do nothing. Two years, $20 million, $12 million in year one. You don't bring, you don't bring Robbie in, and, and I believe he has a relationship with Matt Rule uh, from his college days. So, I don't know. I just got that. I got that feeling, you know, Robbie Anderson could be a name that we could be talking about later on in the season, but they have, they have a bunch of weapons. They have a bunch of low key weapons. DJ Moore, good wide receiver, finished wide receiver, 16 over a thousand yards four touchdowns. You want that number to go up, but between him and Robbie Anderson and maybe Curtis Samuel, that seems like a decent wide receiver core to me. Highly, more is highly targeted. He plays right into what Teddy Bridgewater's strengths is. Not going downfield too much. He can do it. More can do it, but he can play that intermediate range too, and that's where Teddy Bridgewater's perceived strength is. So you don't fail with DJ Moore. We'll see if they if they incorporate that deep ball a lot more than what Teddy's been used to doing. But Teddy wasn't bad when he came in for Breeze. QB 12 over the span of three, uh, four weeks. That's not bad. Top 15 for four weeks. Something to think about. Now, the tight end situation is a little bit different. Ian Thomas uh, hasn't really been incorporated in that offense too much. That's probably because Greg uh, Olson was still there, Mr. Iron Man. But he's not there anymore. He's in Seattle. And with him goes that target share. So maybe we're talking about Ian Thomas, too. A lot of people are considering him one of the big sleepers for the 2020 season at the tight end position. Jury's still out for me. I can't. I don't know. I'm not feeling Ian Thomas like that, but other people are. They're taking a chance on him as a sleeper. Maybe it comes true. So it's something to keep your eye on. I just want to tell you just to, you know, keep your eyes open and, you know, there's all sorts of moves that you can make during the, um, during the season, you know, guys come out of nowhere and they, and all this production comes and it's like, man, I didn't see this coming. You gotta be, gotta have your eyes on a waiver wire. So, but Carolina's our last team. We can wrap this episode up. We are done. I don't have any sleepers out of any of these teams either. I don't believe so. 
Nope. No sleepers. Only Scotty Miller. I'm going to keep saying it. Scotty Miller. Keep your eye on him. Brady don't come out and say that he like a lot of people. At least I haven't been, you know, I haven't seen it. So if Brady says he likes him, that's a red flag for me. Oh, hold on. Scotty Miller. He's being undrafted. He's undrafted. So he's going to be on your waiver wire. If you got the space, stash him. Maybe Robbie Anderson, too. He could be a sleeper because he's going undrafted in uh, fantasy leagues, too, for the most part. He's probably still sitting on your waiver wire. Grab him and hold him. Just in case. But that'll wrap it up for this episode. Really appreciate you guys checking us out. As usual, make sure you check thefantasiesfinest.com. Latest news, injury reports is coming up and being updated. Don't slack. You got to pay attention to what's going on in the league if you want to be ahead of the game in your fantasy league. Make sure you follow the podcast too at Fantasy's Finest on Twitter. And check up our check up on our stuff on Facebook and Instagram too. Um, I'm trying to get more things going for Instagram. Um, I want to do some things, some videos and, and such like that. So we'll be making you know more announcements as we get into the uh, get get further into the regular season. And don't forget, Friday, our special guest comes on. And when you find out who it is, I hope you'll be just ex- just as excited as I was. So we will talk to you guys in our next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.